welcome to the heartbeat. Recently, I asked you guys, what do you want to feel more of? I pulled the gram, I pulled the Facebook group, and you know, I asked things like, do you want to feel more emotional freedom? Do you want to feel more confidence? Maybe even more discipline? Do you want to feel like you have more of an impact, more motivation? And the number one was self-love and self-worth. So that's what this podcast is about today. And Leticia had an amazing uh, story to share on this podcast. And if you are clicking on this one because you're like, you know what? I really want to grow in my sense of self-worth. Like, yeah, and you clicked on it, you're in the right place. I'm just going to let you know. Listen to this multiple times. Take some notes. Leticia's awesome. And you can find out all of her information in the show notes uh, and get connected to her. But you'll see from this episode and this conversation that uh, I don't think that you can't leave without some sort of awareness shift. So this is a really good one. Um, a few quick announcements before we just dive into things. In case you didn't know, on the 21st, 22nd, 23rd of August, we've got a live event going on, digital event going on. I used to do live in-person events in 2019. I did five of them, six of them, and it was amazing. And then COVID happened, and I wanted to do more events this year. It was part of my New Year's resolution, and we ain't letting anything stop us. So we are doing a three-day live event, and it's free. We're going to basically get you out of a funk. If you got stress, worry, anxiety, or you're just depressed, and you're ready to take life to the next level, you want that inner power to take your inner power back, um, we go deep. And so this isn't some like free three-day challenge. <laughs> this is an intense workshop. And if you want to know more about it, go to dark72.com or you can hit me up on the gram at the heart guy for more all the details on that. And hopefully you join us because I'm also donating a dollar for everybody who joins. It's a free thing, but if you join, I'm donating a dollar to end child sex trafficking. Um, and that's that. So I want to donate as much money as possible. I want to reach as much people as possible. So join it. <laughs> but without further ado, you are listening to the heartbeat. And if you're in a space where you are ready to grow in your sense of self-worth, take some notes, be attentive, and truly listen to understand the words that are being said in this conversation. I appreciate you. And let's dive in. on your heart to talk about today? Today on my heart, I would love to talk about self-worth. And I feel like I, for the first time in my life, I would say in the last couple of months, I discovered that I lacked self-worth as a woman to the exterior world has so much self-worth. So mm. that's on my heart. Yeah. It's kind of going down the rabbit hole of success, you mean? Yeah, success yeah. Uh, of love, uh, relationships, mm. losing yourself. So it's like you had it. You had it all on the outside. Yes. Got to the point where you're like, I'm supposed to be happy. Why am I not happy? Exactly. Uh, oh, let's dive into that because I love this topic so much. Um, because a lot of people do, you know, chase the external of a relationship mm -hmm. or money or a body to finally be, yeah, happy. So, what was the like wake up call for you where you were like? 
Damn. Okay. So this is what it is. This is a true story. So I would say it was my last breakup that I had. So during this last breakup, I was like kind of mind blown. It ended kind of crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. and it kind of ended abruptly. Like I didn't think it was going to end. I was holding on to something and then it all of a sudden ended and I felt broken again. Now, mind you, I've been doing a lot of self-work, you know, for the last Mm -hmm. two and a half years prior to this breakup. And I've been doing the therapy and doing the thing. So I'm like, why the hell is this breaking me down so much? And it literally took me to break down to the point where I just got into this super deep depression. And I was like, what is wrong with me right now? And questioning Mm -hmm. that and knowing like, I don't want to feel like this anymore and questioning the, like, why? Why am I feeling like this right now? I do not want to feel like this ever again over a relationship Mm -hmm. to somebody that really, in hindsight, wasn't worth that breakdown. Mm. But at that time, it was. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. It was your perception of them or what it was, you know, you're supposed to's and shoulds. Yes. Yes. I mean, you know, it's learning the fantasy, right? When, When we do fall in love, a lot of times we create this fantasy. And mm-hmm. we really lose sight of reality. And I mean, I had a mind blowing experience where I was just like, wow, there was all these little red flags and notes from like the universe and things that I knew were wrong, but you want this to work. You just want it to work. You don't want another failed relationship. You don't want another failed love story. You want love, you know? And I think Kevin, you really hone in on this. And I love that on your platform. Um, mm-hmm. this idea of love, but a lot of us live in this fantasy world about it. And yes. if you come down to reality and understand like, whoa, let me get out of this, out of like a fantasy, like a fantasizing way, take myself mm-hmm. out of this and look at the, like the actual reality of the picture that you're in right now. Right. That's, and, and that's so I key. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so important. And I think that was like my biggest breakthrough was like, holy shit, I was just living in this fantasizing, fantasizing love. And I'm just like, whoa, it wasn't so anything a lot of people, that I thought it was. Yeah. A lot of people who are in it don't understand that. I know because yes. when I was in it, I didn't understand that. Um, yeah. And that's why I Same. wrote a fucking book about how to stop <laughs> overthinking and stop fantasizing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, you know, what, I guess, what was, how did you wake up to reality and stop fantasizing? How did you actually recognize, holy shit, I'm living in a fantasy? Well, it wasn't until after. It wasn't until yeah. after I broke up, after I had this depression, after I was literally like calling like my spiritual healers. Like I'm, I was searching for any answers because I'm like, what is wrong? I discovered mm-hmm. that it was fantasy versus reality after I talk. I love talk therapy. Talk therapy for me is mind blowing. Um, and I'm a visual and I like to talk things out to, to understand. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until I reached out to my therapist who I was doing at the time, I was doing two sessions at a time. And I realized like with her help, like I was really living in a fantasy. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't only the first time I lived in a fantasy. This was a second time or a third <laughs> time living in a fantasy. And I'm like, holy shit. Holy mm-hmm. shit. And then my sister calls me out and she goes, dude, look at what your favorite movies are. All right. So like I played basketball in my life. So love and basketball was my jam in the notebook. 
right? So mm-hmm. we as women specifically too are always dealt this fantasy world. The prince is going to come take us away, take care of yep. us and live happily ever after. A lot of us women mm-hmm. deal with this, these stories. I love these love stories that are so tragic. They're so tragic. It's like, <laughs> oh, we fall madly deeply in yep. love so fast. And then they come back and then we love each other hard. Like after yep. like five years of madness and depression. And she's like, I mean, yeah, those it makes are your for a good movies. movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it makes for a good movie. <laughs> Literally, but, but it's real yeah. life. This is our life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's when I really discovered like the fantasy. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, I'm living in this fantasy. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also even what you believe it's supposed to be, which comes from the fantasy and comes from the movies and, and you know, media and culture kind of conditioning. Uh, that within yes. a lot of us, I even, if, if I could be just vulnerable with everybody listening to, like, I even was thinking about like during my visualization meditation this morning of, you know, being with somebody again. And I started to recognize some old patterns of like, mm-hmm. well, we're not going to go all the way. Like in my, in my mind's eye, you know, projecting into the future, thinking about what I wanted as like this beautiful, you know, woman and we're in Hawaii and it was like this amazing mm-hmm. thing. And then all of a sudden it turned into like a, uh, well, I don't know, not gonna, not gonna go all the way into this, mm-hmm. which has been my pattern. And I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, 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 whose story is this? What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> and yeah. Then I caught myself and I changed the narrative. And I think that that's even important too, to go like, what's the story narrative conditioning supposed to that you think it's supposed, it's going to play out. And a lot of times yes. it's just from our past. Like we don't, that, that's kind of what we take, but I think, I don't think people, know they have the power to change that and then when they do they think they need to look for somebody who else who has done it instead of just pioneering their own story yes and kevin i think that's the key what you just said is looking for somebody else that has done it and a lot of us don't have those examples honestly like i was talking to some friends about this and i was like a lot of us weren't raised in really healthy love environments our mothers and fathers Mm -hmm. you know if if we were lucky to have both of them um, mm-hmm. to, to the movies, to aunts and uncles, we, a lot of us never had examples of what a healthy, good love, good loving relationship is. You know what I mean? We don't. Yeah. So I, I always say like, it's not our fault, you know? And at the moment mm-hmm. we're going through it, it's like, we self blame, we shame ourselves. We, we feel the worst. We get into these depressions and we think it's our fault. It's our fault. But once you're finally able to step out of the, I call it the matrix, <laughs> once yep. you're able to step out of the matrix, you're like, whoa, I actually never learned what a healthy relationship is supposed to look like, mm-hmm. you know? And I think allowing yourself that space and being gentle with yourself, that gives you a lot of relief. And you're like, oh, okay, let me learn what a healthy, loving relationship actually is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. Right. And that takes time to really face yourself like that. Cause I think a lot of people yeah. can't, you know, they, they, they just like want the quick fix of, Oh, somebody paying attention to me. <laughs> and yes. so they jump into another relationship or they get caught yes. up in the dating scene again. Oh, Kevin, you're so right. I mean, oh, rushing. Yeah, yeah. why do we rushing? Like, exactly. Why do we rush? Like we're, we, and I, and I get why we rush. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I think, I mean, culturally, obviously, but I, uh, have you yeah. read the book, the subtle art of not giving a fuck? Yes, I have it on okay. my counter. That's hilarious. Oh, yes. wow. So, I, I mean, I've heard the book. I've heard of the book. And I'm just like, okay, I understand it. Like, don't give a fuck. But yeah. I actually started reading it the other day. And, um, I mean, it's a fascinating book. But one of the things that really stood out to me was his 
perception of how we got to this strive, do better, personal development, obsessed culture mm-hmm. in modern society of, of basically, what, what did he say, in the 1970s, um, you know, these studies came out around, you know, if, if you think positive or you start, if you love yourself, you're going to perform better uh, at work. And it was like this drive to where everybody can be great and, you know, just you keep going and keep striving. And like that, that strive creates the gap. I like to say yes and yes. so but but it it sparked this movement of i'm not good enough and i need to do things to make myself good enough so that i can be happy mm-hmm. which is affirmations and all these other things that just mm-hmm. again create the gap of i'm not enough i'm not enough i'm not enough yep see i'm not enough yes. I gotta do this thing and i'm climbing this mountain blah, 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 blah. and yep. then it goes into the you know it just perpetuates the anxiety loop that he talks about in the book as well so i think that that the cultural shift of pushing that uh is a big part of it. Again, it kind of just, you know, like we talked about with the movies, it's yes, a culture thing. Yeah. And it's like this need, like you need this in order to be successful. You have to do this in order to be happy. And it's just like, right. hold on, take a step back. <laughs> Actually, you need yourself first for any yeah. of this to work. Mm-hmm. And we lost sight of that because we were never taught that. I was never right. taught that. I, I was never no. raised. My mom and dad never were like, hey, work on yourself before you find a relationship, before you find a boyfriend. <laughs> right. They never told me that. Yeah. Nobody in school, none of my teachers, none of my basketball coaches were like, hey, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do this first. Yeah. But then, in, but then I, but then I, being an athlete, I like to think about like life being an athlete sometimes because I'm like, okay, but in order for me to be a great athlete, I had to work on my own personal skills to join mm-hmm. this team to join this team, to become a winning team, right? And that's how we should take on life. We have to practice all of these self-love, self-rituals, and this always, un- this learning of self constantly in order to be great in any, you know, facet of life that we want to be in. What do you do? What are your rituals, routines for self-love? Oof. Well, I have a couple. I'll, I'll tell you a few of them. <laughs> so my morning routine, it's like, a, it's a must. And when I don't do it, I feel completely off. I'm over, I get overwhelmed super quick and I have to like pause during my day. So my morning routine is pretty simple. I, I get up, I make hot tea every morning, hot tea, mm-hmm. honey. Usually it's like ginger lemon. Um, I make some oats. I go mm-hmm. by my window and I do a mantra meditation. I do a mantra meditation and I write in my journal how, why, how and why I'm thankful for today. So that's how mm-hmm. I start every morning. I usually put on vinyl. I play, I have like old vinyl records and I put like on old school Ooh. jams like Ella Fitzgerald or Sade. Yeah. And I just jam a bit and then I start my day. So I try to do that within like the first hour I wake every morning. Yeah. Yeah. And Kevin, I'm telling you, if I don't do that, I'm so off. So off. Right. Yeah, I mean, and, I have my morning routine as well. It's it's crazy how much it primes us to have a good day. It does. I love the video you have too about the morning ritual. I think it's so amazing. It, your audience needs to go watch that video for sure. <laughs> Shameless plug, Kevin Critch on YouTube. Yes, um, it's true. It's great. <laughs> I loved it. I watched it. And it is. It's, it's um, powerful. It, yeah. And I think the, the key on it though is like finding out what works for you. Because some days, you know, I'll want to dance and some days I'll want to write. Yes. Um, and I think it's kind of being in the moment, not having that super regimented structure, like obviously have a skeleton, 
but allow yourself to color however you want that day. That's so powerful. I think that's so powerful because you're not going to feel the same way every morning. (laughs) You're not. Dude, I, I, and I tried the same way every morning thing. And it was (laughs) when I was in the fitness industry, you know, I would, I was so fucking regimented with everything that I did. There wasn't any wiggle room for what does Mm. Kevin want? It was like discipline, but it was masked or it was, it was, I guess, a form of self-punishment, but Mm. it was masked as discipline. From this really deep rooted, like, I'm not enough. You're a fucking loser. So you've got to do this stuff that you're not, you don't want to do. Wow. That's so powerful. You're literally trying to prove to yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's just from my experience, but you know. Yeah. No, I mean, Mm -hmm. I feel that Mm -hmm. there's so many things that I forced to make myself believe that I feel disciplined or feel a type of way. But you can't yeah. force these things. They have to come organically to you. Because again, right. this goes to creating your authentic self. Like when working on you mm-hmm. and discovering who you actually are. Like when you were doing that, I'm sure you were like, what the hell? You become probably robotic. It's become really robotic yeah. and that's not who you are. No. And it's it's weird because I got praised for it. I got attention for it. Yeah. People were like, oh my God, you're so disciplined. Oh my God, like I want to be like you. And, and so it perpetuated it. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. I also, I also love baths. I love taking Ooh, baths. Yeah. I think baths to me kind of helps me slow down. I work a lot during the days and then, you know, I make it a point to kind of put the stuff down. Like I don't mm-hmm. like to keep the things around me. Like after seven, eight o'clock, I'm like done. I'm done with today. Mm, so and you I'm also, okay. okay so you highlight, you also have a nightly ritual. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. I I have to. I have to. I have to open a certain like a certain feel. I got to get in the field, mm. and I got to close down a certain way too. Yeah, it, it helps me sleep better. It helps me be more calm. It helps my mind to stop racing. Mm-hmm. And it's so key for me in baths. I try to take two baths, two to three baths a week, because it just relaxes me. It calms me, and it kind of yeah. keeps me just centered. You know. And it mm-hmm. allows my mind to just be at ease. I'm able to think and flush out my ideas and just be like, okay, we'll conquer this tomorrow. We'll conquer this Friday, but I'm calm, mm-hmm. you know, and I love mm-hmm. water. Water for me really settles me. Mm-hmm. Um, the ocean, it's like the ocean for me. I, li- I literally listen to ocean waves to go to sleep every night. <laughs> I'm not what's your, what's your sign? I'm an Aquarius. Oh, there you I'm go. I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an Aquarius. So that's just, those are things that I do that really, really help me in my journal. Yeah. I -hmm. promise myself every night when I go to sleep, even if it's just one sentence or one word, I write because I, Mm -hmm. I, I owe it to myself. And Mm -hmm. I've discovered in the past couple of years, my journals have been key to my self discovery, key to see how much I've grown. And it mm-hmm. reminds you because sometimes when you're working on yourself, you literally don't understand how much you've grown because you just do yeah. it, right? Yeah. You just do it. It's hard to like and look back. Yes, it is. It's hard. And we all have busy lives. You know, there's moms, yeah. there's fathers, you know, we work, we, we do all the things. And it's hard to kind of like be like proud of yourself sometimes to be like, yo, I just overcame this incredible <laughs> lot you know what i mean yeah yeah i forget about it know what you mean i for most of my life people were like kevin why are you so hard on yourself and i was like what the fuck i'm not hard on myself like what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) like i i literally would just go in one ear and out the other i'm like what are they 
everybody's saying this. I'm not hard on myself. Yes. I'm just disciplined. <laughs> yeah. So again, that was the mask of it. Like, mm-hmm. wouldn't stop to acknowledge my achievements. It was yes. interesting seasons. Um, I do yes. want to circle around to what we were talking about earlier. I feel like we got off track just a little bit where you were saying mm-hmm. how you had this huge shift in awareness after the breakup. Yes. Um, yes. But there was a facade of, you know, getting the external success and thinking that you were supposed to be happy when you weren't. So you had this breakthrough. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about like everything, like the process of all that afterwards. Okay. So I pretty much discovered I didn't have self-worth because my question was, why do I keep attracting toxic relationships? I was like, why do I keep attracting men that don't value me? Why do I keep attracting Mm -hmm. this certain type of human into my life? insecure men, you know what I mean? They didn't really value. And I was like, holy shit. And I looked in the mirror and I was after, this was after a a therapy session. And I was like, Leticia, you have insecurities. You are insecure. You don't have any self-worth. And this is why you're attracting this. Now me as a woman to the exterior world, I am outgoing. I'm fun. I'm beautiful. I have a lot of friends, but my interior world is insecure. My interior world doesn't have self-worth. And it wasn't until that moment, which was really hard for me, by the way, to really like swallow, like, dude, you're, you're fucking insecure. Like Letitia, you're insecure. Now, what are you insecure about and why? So it's like peeling back the onion and like just getting really deep and really real with myself with the self-worth aspect too. I was like, why don't you value yourself? Do you not see how worthy you are? And I was like, whoa, I don't, value. I don't, I don't have any self-worth. So then it's like peeling it back and why. And I went back, Kevin, all the way to my childhood. I went, I did the mm. whole deep dive into my inner child. Yep. And I started from back then in my mother and father's dynamic. And when we're young, when we're children, we idolize the, our guardians, our parents, whoever mm-hmm. are in our lives at that moment. And my mother was 17 years old when she had me. So she Think about this. Mind you, she (laughs) was pregnant by a black man who my grandfather at the time was a bit racist, wasn't really happy that she was getting pregnant Mm -hmm. by a black man. My mom's a smart young girl and about to graduate high school and now she's pregnant. So there was all this like fear, you know, and Mm -hmm. and I'm in my mom's belly when all this is happening. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, as a 17 year old woman, She didn't even know who she was when she had me. She's never had self-worth or self-esteem because after me, she had four other kids. And by the time she was 25, she had all of us and she was raising us. That's what she did. She became completely selfless. My father would work, hustle, and then he would coach us. Sports became our lives. That was his refuge that he always (laughs) wanted to do. So he put it onto us, right? Yeah. And so now I'm like, holy crap. The woman that I saw... My mother never had a life. She was selfless. My dad pretty much controlled the, the environment at home. She never really had a voice. You know, she never had self-worth. And her self-esteem was kind of not there. You know, she literally gave her life to raise us. And after doing that deep work, and it was sad. Doing this, I had a lot of grief. Going back into time with this inner child, I had so much grief and sorrow and sadness because I'm like, oh, my God. I never mm-hmm. knew this, you know, and yeah. this discovery kind of hurt because, you know, we love our parents. We love our guardians. And I'm like, 
holy God. Like I had no idea until this yeah. time that I finally faced it. And I was like, wow, I never were taught. I was never taught these things. So I'm right. always looking for it externally to validate me. Mm-hmm. So I was attracting mirrors of myself. And it wasn't until that moment I did the inner work. I looked at my inner child. I looked at the teenager me, you know, until the adult. And I could see the commonalities of each one and how it stemmed and how my father and I actually had a conversation. And I called him and I said, Dad, do you know why I keep attracting these toxic men? And he was like, why? I said, because you and our relationship, it was so toxic. And he, I'll never forget, he kind of like took a deep breath and he was like, you're right. You're right. And I apologize. And it was kind of like a breakdown moment for me. You know, I like cried a bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I cried Mm -hmm. and I was like, holy shit. The man that I love all my life and I unconditionally love him. You know, we had a toxic relationship. Him and I, he was always my basketball coach and he was always, you know, doing the coach thing and the yelling and the, Mm -hmm. I was just like, we had this, but I loved him, but I hated him. I used to have a journal growing up about how much I hated my dad, Wow, (laughs) you know? So yeah. Mm. So having that conversation with my father. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that you actually were able to, because some people aren't. Yes. Uh, Yes. So what a blessing. And I love that you also mentioned uh, you had a toxic relationship, which I love that you Mm -hmm. ended it as well. And um, a lot of what you're talking about, like, you know, I, I went through as well. That's also what I coach mm-hmm. people on, like in my course. Yes. So like, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm love that you found this out uh, yes. kind of in your own path. Right. And on your own, because that is the inner work. A lot of people are like, well, you know, how do I shift these things? And it, well, they mm-hmm. don't realize you actually do have to go back to your past to go, yes. to go to it, to go through it. Right. And yes. I think yes. you're, you held it in such a, a beautiful way where you did kind of transcend and, and evolve as a person by learning mm-hmm. the empowering lessons. And I think that's mm-hmm. key too. You didn't get caught up in the old anger or the old no. or, or projections and other things, which takes maturity. So I just wanted to yeah. acknowledge and highlight that. That's, that's amazing. What yeah, thank you then so has much. shifted since that time um, around how you uh, approach success? Oh, there's so many shifts. I, I think one of the biggest shifts for me on how I approach success is me putting me first. And, you know, I used to think that was so selfish in a lot of ways. I used to think like people that put themselves first were like kind of like arrogant. But then Mm -hmm. I was like, no, actually people that put themselves first care about (laughs) themselves in the greater picture, because if I'm not the best me, I'm not going to be the best me for you either. I'm not going to be able to pick you up when you need to be picked up. I'm not going to be able to help you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? I'm not going to be the best me for you. So, and I think that's the biggest shift was putting my self work, myself first and being like, okay, let's get you good today. Let's get you good first. So you can get this, so you can be successful today, but along the way, pick up people, you know, help people, let people see you know, what it feels like to get here. And you being able to be this strong and being able to put myself first, I'm able to help so many other people along the way. And I think that's the biggest reward for me. Um, and you can't do that if you're not showing up in your full, complete self. I think another shift was boundaries. Boundaries, Ooh, yeah. 
boundary heaven for me is it's been life-changing. It's been a life-changing experience. And I'm, if you know me, I'm a very like outgoing person. I, I love talking to anybody. Like I'll talk to a stranger mm-hmm. on the street for 30 minutes. That's, that's how I am. Mm-hmm. I, I say hi to everybody. Um, and I had to understand that you have to protect your energy. You have to protect your energy. And there's certain things and people and spaces where you have to hold boundaries from and healthy boundaries and being okay with it. And being a girl that never had boundaries in the past to having a boundary now, I'm like, oh my gosh. I look Mm -hmm. back at these other women that were in my life during my early um, 20s and I'm like, I thought that lady was a bitch. Excuse my language, but I, I would, I remember all these women that I thought were a bitch. Now looking back, like they were mean or nasty because they had boundaries. boundaries. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, I'll never forget when I started doing my boundaries last year, I was like, wow, they're, they're not nasty. They're doing this for their own self worth. They're doing this to hold their power. And there's nothing wrong with having boundaries. And mind you, it was hard to start setting boundaries. It wasn't easy. And a lot of people would try to step over them. A lot of Mm -hmm. people will literally act like you don't have them because they're not used to this new you. But then I had to realize those people that don't respect my boundaries, they don't respect me. And unfortunately, but fortunately at the same time, you know, there were some people that I lost along the way starting these boundaries. But I can tell you it was the best thing for my, it was the best thing that I ever did for my life to be healthier, to be more, you know, to be more manageable, to be more fulfilling. So mm-hmm. I would say boundaries and putting myself first was a major shifts for me. I absolutely love it. And then when was the, when was all of this, by the way, in terms of making the shifts? Cause you mentioned last year. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Wow. I love it. What? So yeah. I, I guess when it comes to work, and achievements. How do you view that mm-hmm. stuff now? Because there's oh. not, it's coming from a different route, right? Obviously. And you're a different yes. person. So I yes. would love just a comparison of like, how do you hold it? How do you approach okay, so it wor- now? So work, work back then for me in my early twenties, it was all about being seen, right? It was all about mm-hmm. selling. So I have a hat company and I have my podcast and you know, for my hats, will both for be example, linked in the show notes below. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just wanted to let, so just want to let everybody know. <laughs> yep. So, you know, for, for me, the hats were like getting the notoriety, getting, you know, PR to see me, to get out there. And it was like all this external validation. Again, just like in my life, I, I brought that into business. Um, with my podcast, it was the same thing. I was like, why am I not, why am I not getting enough of an audience? So I, and I, but then I was like, after it, I shifted, I had to stop. And I had to say, I know I created my hat for a reason. And it's sticking to the mission. You know, there's a, there's a quote that says, stick to the mission, don't chase the money. Something along those lines. The money will come or whatever. And that's the realest thing. Anybody in business or who's chasing success, you have to remember why you started in the mission. That's all you need to really do to find success. External validation in any way is not going to bring you happiness. And I can tell you that from situations that I've been, I've been around some of the most successful, wealthiest human beings in my life that were miserable. 
and you would look at them like, why are they so miserable? Like why and how? And I would just be like, holy crap, because they didn't have any sense of any moral value to anything that they were doing. They were just doing it for a financial gain. So for me, it was really sticking to my mission. I created a hat. So women like me, when I was younger, I used to have to straighten my hair just to wear a baseball hat. And I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I love my curls. I'm not damaging who I am. I'm not damaging my crown to wear a baseball hat. Let me make one. So the next girl, young girl, grows up loving their hair texture and embracing their hair texture. Mm, wow. That was my mission. And I'm sticking to that mission now. You know, and I don't force things. I create to empower young girls, to empower women to embrace their texture, to protect it and to style it in a way where it's protected and you're not worrying about forcing anything in real life mm. and on your head, on your curls. So that's that on the, the business side podcast. It's, for it me, was sticking I'm, to the mission, sticking to the mission, hundred yeah. percent sticking to the mission. A lot of us get really caught up in the, in the financial gain in the, right. I, I know, need to make I, know this. I have, I need to do this. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, no, it's, and it's normal. It's, Totally. I, yeah. I'm, by the way, I know you were, you were about to talk about your podcast and yeah. um, I want to put a note on that real quick. I am yes. after this recording, a hundred percent going to buy a hat for my mom because she has mm. big curls. And uh, so I will be doing that. And I just, you oh, know, thank you so much. wanted to let you know, because that I, I mean, I can't relate. I have natural curls, but I'm a yeah. guy, right? They're, they're yeah. a little like, it's more straight, but my mom's hair yeah. is super curly. Oh, and I so I, you know, while I can't relate, but just hearing the passion that you have and the mission, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm buying my mom a hat. <laughs> I appreciate you so, so I much. Wanted, <laughs> I love that. I appreciate um, you so much. Thank you. Totally. Uh, and so, yeah, your podcast, tell us more about that. What, what shifted there too? Yes. So my podcast, Girl, We Got This, I started it after a major, I was in a long-term relationship. I started what a year and a half ago and I just remember, and I learned this in my therapy session, and this is the realest thing, and it kind of hit me. It was one of those things where you're like, you know when you do the self-discovery and you're like, whoa, you're mind blown? Mm -hmm. I wanted to empower women. Girl, we got this. I wanted to empower women, but on the hindsight of now looking back, I never felt empowered by women. So I wanted to empower women. Mm. And I was like, whoa. Because in the, in the space that I was at at that time, I was in a very unhealthy space. I was, you know, with somebody that a lot of women wanted to be with. So women were mm -hmm. really nasty and really not nice and kind of deceiving. And I was in a space where at that time I was like, I hated women, but I love women. So it's this crazy dynamic. You know, when you're in these toxic spaces, all these things that aren't you come out and come up. And I was just like, oh my gosh. So when I left that space, now learning what I, I know now, I started this podcast to empower women, but at that time I didn't even, I wasn't feeling empowered by women and that pushed me to this purpose. And it's so much greater than me now because I was just like, I don't want women to have to go through what I've been through. I want to help every woman to have a voice because I didn't have a voice in my twenties. I didn't have a voice. I wanted to give every woman a voice. So everything that I didn't have. I wanted to give to woman back and girl, we got this. And it's, it's incredible because now it's such a dope space. We're creating a platform 
of sisterhood and of womanhood, you know, that really help and support each other. So mm. we're not, we don't feel alone, you know, just like you men and right. a lot of us women, we, we feel like alone in these, in these struggles and these battles. We feel like nobody else goes through what we go through. So, you know, I created this podcast to let you know that, yes, she is this successful beauty entrepreneur, but she's dealt with divorce. She's dealt with loss. She had super low lows. And usually mm. with women, which is such an, such an incredible, resilient attribute that we have, mm -hmm. we always, I don't want to say always, but oftentimes during my interviews, I learned that we rise when we break and we're at our lowest always. point. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. the stories that we share on the girl, we got this is to share the truths and the rawness of what our journeys actually consist of. And the success mm. to me there is it's so minimal. I never had expectations. My goal was to just give women a voice. And now mm -hmm. I get so fulfilled when somebody just sends me a message and think and just thanks me. And I'm like, um, that's all I needed. I don't need ads. Yeah. I don't need ad space. Like, you know, I do it from my heart and people are like, Oh, do you make money? I'm like, actually, no, we, at that time, like, I was like, no, we didn't start making money. Then we were probably on like the 10th episode. We weren't, we weren't yeah. making any financial gain, but I didn't care. I never mm -hmm. even asked about numbers because I knew it was intent? something bigger. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, it, it, it really is like coming back to what are the, what's the underlying intention? Cause you made some huge mm -hmm. shifts on like, Whoa, I'm doing this for the wrong reasons. And like all these, yes. all this stuff that was able to, uh, shift and, and create a foundation for mm -hmm. yourself, um, to yes. where you're consciously choosing the intentions on what you're doing and why you're doing it versus yes. kind of, uh, doing things on a whim and, you know, which is obviously totally. a plus side of that, but, um, yeah. you know, but, but really, you know, double checking your intentions, which is, I think, very crucial. So it's, I just yeah, wanted to highlight that a, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's vital. And having a conscious mission, yeah. uh, like yeah. having a conscious why it's so important. And, you know, I mm -hmm. want to say one thing I, I, I was with some friends once and they were like, you should get some celebrities on. That's what you really need to boost it. You had to, you need to get some celebrities. And for like a day, I thought about that. Maybe I should mm -hmm. get some celebrities on my part. And then I was like, no, that's not what I want. I love mm -hmm. celebrities, public figures. They're great, but a I already know their stories. We already are aware right. of their stories. And unfortunately, some of their stories are, you know, censored and filtered. And it's because of, you know, their own, you know, personal lives and what they have to, what they can share. Yeah. But now I had to take a step back. And I'm like, no, Leticia, that wasn't your purpose. That's not your why. Because they were like, well, if you get a celebrity, you'll, you'll get a lot of downloads. You'll get a lot of, you know, <laughs> listen, you'll, you'll get a greater audience. And I, and I, yeah. and I sat and listened and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. But then I was like, no, that's not my mission. Mm -hmm. My mission is to talk to real, raw, attainable humans that you can touch, that you can talk to and stick into the mission. Like I, like we said, having that conscious mission and mm -hmm. just sticking with it. That's very true. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it so much. I've been, I've just, I've been doing a lot of those shifts here recently in my life over the past, That's over the awesome. past year, I would say. So it's been, yeah, it's been a journey. And even with this podcast, it started as like, uh, I, you know, I used to be a group fitness instructor. So I would always, mm -hmm. always had a platform and being in front of people. And that was kind of like a place for me where I could really just be of service. It, it wasn't about me. I could put my life yes. aside and serve. 
And then I became a nomad and lost it and kind of got into a depression. And I was like, fuck, I'm not mm. like serving. I don't have a platform anymore. So I was like, let me yeah. create this. And it was really a selfish thing. I was like, let me just get back in front of people so that I can mm -hmm. give again. Um, mm -hmm. And then it kind of took a shape of its own. And then, you know, it was on the back burner for a little bit for those of you OGs listening. But then like <laughs> it's it's at a point now where I'm just like, I just want to have real raw conversations because that's how yes. we raise consciousness is just yes. through casual conversations. Right. And so yeah. um, it really has rerouted. And just within the podcast itself, not to mention all the other things in my nonprofit and all, like, all the things that I'm doing. Yeah, um, I love really it. Really checking that route. It's, it, yeah, like you said, vital. So, mm -hmm. I love and I'm that. telling I you, guess, I don't know, Kevin, like if you feel like doing those things that you're doing, the overall feeling that you get from that versus like what we used to do, it's like oh, the totally. best feeling ever, isn't it? Yeah. It's coming from a more whole, holistic and chosen place. It's like, yes. I know with every cell in my being, I'm doing mm -hmm. the best and I'm, I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah. And that's a lot more satisfying than, I'm just going to try this. I don't know. Is it working? Like, yep. you know, frantic. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> I love that. It's true. Yeah. And we've so, all been there. Uh, right. So what's been coming up new for you in your space recently? <sighs> well, I wish I could be a nomad like you right now. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> I've been thinking uh, I'm based in LA right now. And with our whole pandemic and the current climate, it's kind of like we're limited. Uh, um, yeah. But besides that, uh, I think right now for me, it's coming up new is expanding um, expanding my inner, my interior self and just expanding girl, we got this because that's my, that's my biggest mission is to be a bigger sister, to allow women to have the resources and to have into contact and be able to reach other incredible women that can help everybody rise together. So that's, that's really what's coming up for me right now is working on my interior. And I, and I, People will be like, oh, but you've already did the work. And I'm like, mm, yeah, but I have so much more work to do. Like I'm always mm, discovering right. new things and reshaping parts of me and loving it. Like self-discovery for me now. <laughs> yes. It's always, uh, yeah. it's always evolving. Right. You got to fall you know in love with the process, not the destination type of thing. Yes. Yeah. And what, like uh -huh. how you always say, like you have to go through it to get to it. And yeah. for me, this, this interior journey, this, this self journey is probably something that will be ongoing for the rest of my life, but it's the most crucial journey for me. And it's hard and sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's fear and sometimes it's sad, but it's so rewarding for me. So coming up for me is just constantly kind of growing and learning new things about myself um, and expanding girl. We got this where we're creating the whole girl. We got this co. We're creating a website. We're going to allow um, other incredible, you know, humans to come to this space to find other incredible women that they could relate and help them rise in their own it. way. And yeah, you know, we're stuck in our homes right now here in LA, um, in a lot of places <laughs> in America um, and over the world. So sitting with myself to me, like I told everybody, quarantine for me has been a blessing in disguise. And mm -hmm. I'm thankful for that because a lot of people are struggling with it and there's other financial issues and all these things. But 
I learned to really minimize my life financially, minimize my life um, socially um, and mentally, and just kind of dialing in to what really makes my heart and my mind feel good. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. Putting you first. Yeah. There's a question that I ask. A lot of people, if, you've ever, if anybody listening has ever had a phone call with me, I say, well, what do you really mm -hmm. want for yourself right now? Yes. That question has changed my life because when you can kind of stop the story and go, wait, what do I want right now in this yes. present moment? Yes. Um, it's, it's so key because we get to give it to ourselves. And that's yes. the, the essence of self-love. So I absolutely love how your, your, your awareness and <laughs> just how you're holding things and the transitions <laughs> Thank you made. You. Uh, yeah. And where can people find out more about you and what all you're doing? I know you said the, the website's coming. Yes. Yes. So all of you incredible audience of Kevin, you guys can find me on Instagram at Leticia.roll. Um, that's my personal account. And the podcast is called Girl We Got This. That's on every podcast platform. And the Instagram platform for that is girlwegotthis.co. So it's girlwegotthis.co. Um, and if you're like having to have really awesome moms with really curly hair or you have curly <laughs> hair yourself, you can go to the website. Um, the hat company I have, it's called Tress. Uh, Tress the hat for us. Trustforus.com is where you can get all the goods. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for this conversation and just yes. being, I, I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate everything you're doing. You are literally changing the world and bringing so much consciousness to all of us. And I'm forever grateful and thankful for that. Mm, thank you so much. I feel like I'm just getting started. So yes. <laughs> we'll see what, let's we'll do see. it. I know, right? Thank you so much <laughs> for everybody listening. Check out all of her stuff. That'll be in the show notes below. And as always, put some heart into everything that you do today. Yes.